0: folks welcome in to pickaxe and roll brought to you by our good friends over at superbook sports i'm your host ryan blackburn at nba blackburn on twitter part of the mile high sports podcast network and i am well i'm here certainly not excited that would probably be the incorrect choice of words i am here to discuss the denver nuggets lost to the philadelphia 76ers last night final score 126 to 121 Uh, This was a good game, and that's the most important, like, the most important aspect of this is that this was a, this delivered in every, like, sense of the word for the NBA audience. Everybody, I think, that was watching this nationally, everybody that thought that, like, we're going to get a show, they got a show. They they got a show, and it just unfortunately came at the expense of the Denver Nuggets, which you never want to see if you're a Nuggets fan, but uh, this was, again, like. I I try to now view these things through a longer term lens, and I know in the moment it feels awful, and the good news is that there's always a game in the next 48 hours, except for this time, because now Denver fans get to sit with this for a couple days before having to play the Boston Celtics on Friday, so whoopee! (laughs) Super cool, super cool, Uh, but is what it is. Look, uh, if you are new to the program, make sure to like, and subscribe to the video down below. If you're listening on the audio side, thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. I of course, like I know for this one, I could have gotten more views. I think I could have gotten more clicks if I had done this last night when everybody, when the emotions were running high, that's never been what my podcast is about. And I'm just not like, I want to give you the best analysis and the best takes that I possibly can. And, like, I'm still kind of half-fan. Like, I, I I understand these things. And I want to try to balance those biases out with the understanding that, look, this was one game of 82. This was a really tough matchup on the road against a really, really good team. The point I made last night, these two teams are basically even. If you're just grading them from a regular season perspective, they match up really evenly across the board. And there were the small differences that made the difference in last night's game rather than an outplaying or like, I, I think that Denver starters ultimately got outplayed, but it wasn't by much or anything like that. And Nikola Jokic had himself a, a really solid game, a pretty good game. He still got outplayed and that's OK. Like this is a road game at the beginning of a road trip, and the Nuggets will make up for it on the rest of the road trip. That's just how this is going to go. So, I'm curious to see what it ultimately becomes, but we should talk about the game, we should talk about the takes, and just everything in between. Um, 126-121 to was the margin last night, and the first half was a fireworks display. Uh, Denver scored 38 points and 40 points in the first and second quarters. Philadelphia scored 36 and 42 in the first and second quarters. It was an absolute fire show. Like these teams could not guard each other. The first team to play defense was going to win, and it happened to be the 76ers. They were the team that won. They were the team that that generated the most looks. And honestly, though, I, I'll give Denver some credit. They held Philly to 21 points in the third quarter. And I thought the starters in, in that third had some really good plays. I thought Jokic, he played the passing lanes really well when he was rotating on the weak side. It took Denver a little bit, but there was a stretch at the end of the third quarter, right going into the bench stretch in the fourth, where I thought that Jokic was great. I thought that Aaron Gordon's defense on Joel Embiid, really, really good, or about as good as you can really expect. And then KCP, Reggie Jackson, Christian Brown, I thought they all contributed in positive ways on the defensive end, which is great, because it took Denver two and a half quarters to really figure out what the hell they were going to do with their defensive rotations. Um, But then the fourth quarter rolls around, and Jamal Murray leading the second unit, leading the four bench guys, that did not work. It just didn't. And... It's interesting to see the minutes distributions in this one. It's interesting to see the rotations. Philly really treated this like a playoff game. If you look at their rotations, they had one guy on the bench play above 20 minutes. They had another guy play 19. Paul Reed, their backup center, played nine. And Furkan Korkmaz was their ninth man, and he played four minutes. So Philly, like Maxi, had 43 minutes, Embiid had 39, Harris had 38, Batum had 35. Like this was a game... Where Nick Nurse really, really valued getting the win, and they played their guys heavy minutes. Now Denver, they also played their guys pretty heavy minutes. Murray played 38, Jokic played 38, Gordon played 39. Gordon, a sneaky MVP in this game for Denver, although he did miss four free throws. Uh, but both of these teams put their best of the best on the table. And for too long in the fourth quarter, I thought Denver did not have their best out there. I thought that Denver, for the first. I want to say five minutes of the fourth quarter really struggled to generate good shots with Murray leading the second unit. And that to me was the biggest story of this game over anything else. And Denver tried different things on Embiid that didn't really work. Nothing really worked, obviously, if you look at Embiid's stat line. Uh, They tried different things from a rotational perspective, leaving Gordon out there on Embiid and playing Gordon basically the entire first and third quarters as a result. Uh, But that fourth quarter was where the game was lost. And Malone said it post-game. He said that he thought that Denver did a good job in the Embiid minutes. They were plus one in the Embiid minutes. Jokic was a plus one. They just lost the non-Embiid minutes, which you just can't have happen. And I thought that the interesting sort of breakdown of that was the Philly rotation where you have Maxie out there, you have Tobias Harris out there. I'm not sure if they had Oubre out there, but they certainly had Marcus Morris and, and Patrick Beverly out there during that time. And maybe they had Paul Reed for a stretch uh, in the in the minutes that Embiid didn't play. Um, those were key minutes. And having two starters, two scorers out there for Philly with Maxie and Harris, that won them the game. That was a playoff rotation for Nick Nurse. Or maybe it's just Nurse because he loves to play guys heavy minutes regardless. But it was interesting to see Denver with Murray really struggling to kind of keep the offensive pressure going. Patrick Beverly got into his jacket and just wasn't letting him really get anywhere. Murray was clearly clearly disrupted, went 0-4 of in the fourth quarter, two turnovers, one assist. Not a good quarter for Jamal. And I think that lost, like not him specifically, but he was one of the contributing factors that lost Denver this game because of that bench group. And that's where my mind immediately went with this one. Uh, I think that Embiid played great. I think that Embiid played better than Jokic. I think that Maxi played better than Murray. I think that Tobias Harris played better than Porter. Now, was it by massive margins in each of those? No. Although I do think that Maxi outplayed yeah, Murray pretty convincingly by the end of it. Uh, but just looking at the numbers, it's not great. And Gordon and KCP, they contributed some. But ultimately, like Denver, especially their second unit in the first half, did enough to win this game. And like because Philly starters were able to play Denver, Denver starters to a standstill, that fourth quarter stretch really hurt Denver. It just it just really, really hurt it. So look, there's there's a lot that I can get into, and I'll get into Jokic versus Embiid in the second segment extensively, but the one that I'm really looking for in this game and the one that I really hope changes things up is this Murray stagger with the bench unit, because clearly what's going on is not working. And I'm not sure if it's just because like just because Jamal Murray is not good enough for the second unit. Like, I I don't think that that's it, because Denver's had success with it in the the playoffs last year. So much of Denver's playoffs last year were because, like, and the the success that they had were not just because the starters were winning their minutes, although they were. The reason why Denver went 16-4 in the playoffs was that when Murray went to the bench with Aaron Gordon, it actually like elevated Denver's bench unit. Like Denver, they played an eight-man rotation, Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, Christian Brown, and they were good enough in that stretch. This year, and especially in, in this particular game where you see two starters for the Philly go to the bench, and they commit a lot of resources to making sure that those minutes are good enough. Denver didn't, doesn't – they just don't commit enough resources. Like Murray is a good bench player. Like He he can do some things with the bench, but building that lineup around him where you've got DeAndre Jordan who can't really do much at this stage of his career, uh, where you have Reggie Jackson who is another scoring point guard, another pick and roll point guard, not necessarily the right fit. And then you've got Christian Brown and Peyton Watson who, like in the first half, I thought that those guys played great. And I said in the first half that you cannot predict that those guys are going to play great in the second half. Like, that just cannot be part of the calculus. And so I thought that they would stagger Michael Porter with the second unit. I thought that he would be there and Denver would kind of match second and third scorer with second and third scorer, and that just didn't ultimately happen. So I think that if Michael Malone was to do this game again, that's what he would do. But in general, like, Denver just needs a different mix with that bench group they are not getting enough production there and the minutes consistently are not good um i don't know if that's on murray i don't know if that's on like the bench construction where reggie jackson's out there and that's just not like a great fit but reggie's earned the time he's earned the opportunity to stay out there and not just get benched like christian brown peyton watson like the nuggets have said that they're going to commit to those guys and That's perfectly reasonable. And I thought that they earned the opportunity to play in the second half. So it's a tough stretch for for Denver to be in. So I'm I'm not sure what the solution is. And even as the rotation guy, like I can say that Denver can or should do some things. But the fact of the matter that the Nuggets and Michael Malone, like Michael Malone is going to continue staggering Jamal Murray and, and Nuggets fans just have to come to grips with that because that's what they're going to do in the playoffs. So they're going to continue staggering Jamal. So in my opinion, Denver's got to come up with another solution for how they're going to build their bench lineup out, what they're going to do in those minutes, and how they can maximize that group a little bit better. Because it is clear that Denver can win staggered Jokic minutes, where You've got a couple bench guys with Jokic, whether it's Christian Brown and Peyton Watson, whether it's Reggie Jackson, whether it's, I don't know, like Julian Strother when he comes back healthy. It's clear that Jokic can win those minutes. So why not put another starter with Murray on the second unit? It wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. So now – and I've also seen this from people. Uh, Astrid says, Malone is just asking too much from Jamal. Let Jackson run the second unit but have MPJ. Like, isn't that asking too much of Reggie? Though, like, that's the thing is like, I know that people think that that's going to be much better. It might. It let's let's be honest. It might be, especially during the regular season. Like, that might be the best way for Denver to kind of get through it. But I do think that there will be enough games from the second unit where, yeah, you have Jackson run the second unit, and then he goes one of eight, has a couple assists, and then the Nuggets lose those minutes by fifteen points, and we're still asking the same questions. I think Denver's just got to, like, they've got to add more talent to that second unit. And whether that is by trade, whether that is by rotation, I don't know what they'll do. But that's where I'm I'm looking after this game. I think that's where Malone is looking too. So they're going to come up with some other solutions on this road trip. And they're going to have to do it fast because Boston is just as good, if not better, than Philly. And, like, they're going to stagger their own starters. They stagger multiple guys. And I'm, I'm watching that, and I'm very curious to see how they do it. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to discuss Jokic versus Embiid a little bit more and just some sort of the ramifications from this matchup and what that looks like for Denver. But first, everybody, we're changing the game here, and you can win some money this season with Superbook Sports, the most trusted name in sports gambling with a direct line to Las Vegas. And now you can use promo code MILEHIGH, and you'll score up to 250 bucks with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, Superbook will match your first bet up to 250 with promo code MILEHIGH. Download the Superbook Sports app, enter the promo code, and you'll get 250 bucks courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be right back on Pick Acks and Roll. All right, we're back. Pickaxe and roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast as always. Can it be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe to the audio, as well as like and subscribe to the YouTube video if you're watching along right now? All right, let's now discuss Jokic versus Embiid. This is one where I'm, I mean, look, Embiid played great. I thought that. So, the last podcast that I recorded here, I think it was on Sunday, and I had this thought that, like, look, he was questionable heading into the Monday matchup against Houston. Is he going to come back for that? Is he going to come back and then play a second night of a back-to-back against Denver? How's he going to handle this? How are the Sixers going to handle this? He's got some award considerations that he definitely has. And, lo and behold, Embiid plays both of them and has 40 points in both. Like, Credit to the big guy. Like, he absolutely earned some credit over the course of these last two days, in my in my estimation. Like, this is one of those things where like and then and then by the way, he still called Jokic the the best player in the world post-game. Like, credit to him. That's that is the way to win the presser, that's for sure. Um, but look, it, it's hard to hate on Embiid. He's dealing with these injury issues, he's dealt with them for his entire career. He's trying to manage his body heading into the playoffs, and like now we're about 40 games into the season, 42 games for Denver, and it's very clear that Embiid is playing at the best level that he ever has, ever. And the Nuggets, they tried to junk up their defense a little bit to try to make him work, to try to change up his reads and make things more difficult for him to see the floor, And he handled that without any hesitation. He was so good last night. And like whatever Denver threw at him, whether it was Jokic at the beginning, Denver tried to play it a little traditionally. They would send late doubles with KCP or Aaron Gordon or guys like that. And Embiid handled that extremely well, whether it was shooting over it or it was passing out of it. Like at the half, I'm pretty sure he had seven assists on top of like 23, 24 points and was just cooking Denver. (laughs) It was very clear that the Nuggets just didn't have an answer for him or whatever answer that they were throwing just wasn't working. And then in the third quarter, you really saw some mistakes from the Nuggets defense from a a rotational standpoint, where the Nuggets are spending most of that time after the first quarter guarding Embiid with Aaron Gordon. And Gordon, I thought, especially in that third when he was just man up on him, did a great job. He Sometimes gave up the 18 19 footer, fouled him once for an and one on a jumper. But for the vast majority of it, anytime you saw Gordon on Embiid, that was a pretty good option for Denver. The problem that Denver kept running into is sometimes they would switch that matchup when Embiid and Maxi ran pick and roll or DHO, and Denver would switch KCP onto Gordon or onto uh, Embiid. And then Gordon would double him. Or somebody else would double him. They would send an extra body his way so that he couldn't take advantage of KCP. And he would just kick it out. He would just find the open three-point shooter. It's just a one-pass away, very easy, very simple read. And Denver did not make them pay. Uh, did not make them pay with, with making some of those read stuff. There were some when Embiid was on the side of the floor. They, Denver, doubled and did a pretty good job. But for the vast majority of it, the reads that Embiid was making were very, very easy kickouts and the Sixers paid him off with making threes consistently. Maxey went four of nine. Batum went two of three. Harris went two of four. Oubre only went one of four, but Patrick Beverly went two of three, and Marcus Morris went two of, or one of two. So it was tough. Like that's a, That is a tough place for Denver to be where the Sixers go 15 of 31, 48% from three but the vast majority of those were still just wide effing open. <laughs> like, it's it's hard for me to give Denver's defense that much credit when they're just committing these wide open threes. Jokic, I thought, when he was rotated off of Embiid, I thought he conceded a bunch of open threes, a bunch of open shots, and he did so in the name of trying to avoid some foul trouble at the beginning of the game, and I, I understand that. I totally, totally get that. And honestly, that helped out Jokic individually, and the Nuggets were plus one in his minutes but it allowed the sixers to get into a rhythm it allowed them like everybody to get cooking and the sixers as a team went 56 48 73 from uh, the shooting splits and that's just it's hard to overcome that especially when you only force eight turnovers like sixers are getting up a shot every time and when you're shooting that level when you're shooting that high of a percentage you're going to get cooked and and denver got cooked like that's just a a really tough place for Denver to be. So, I... I don't know. Like, Fernando asks here, isn't the saying with great players that you can't stop them, but you have to make them work didn't look like the Nuggets made Embiid work for what he and the Sixers got? Sometimes it looks like that, and I I do think that the the reads that Embiid was making, especially with those double teams in the second half, like, they were easy reads. (laughs) And Denver's just... They did. I I think you're right. Denver did not make him work. I thought that the best thing that they could have done was kept him one on one with Gordon because Gordon was playing some great man on defense. And I thought that he he was playing physically. He was not fouling as as much as as much as he possibly could. Um, And now Gordon still committed five fouls, but like that was in 39 minutes. So credit to him for spending most of that time on Embiid. And not getting into foul trouble until the late until the late stages of the game. Uh, but yeah, I thought that Denver just made it a little bit too easy on the big fella. And then he made them pay. Made them pay over and over again. It's uh like Denver, I, I don't like so here's here's the other thing. <laughs> I haven't mentioned this yet. Denver was stuck on the tarmac on Monday for five hours, waiting to go to Philly. And is anybody going to make an excuse for that? No. Could it have ruined Denver's legs in the second half? Yes. Uh, could it have been a, a bit of an issue for Denver that they were just stuck sitting in, in a situation like that? Maybe. Now it's a it's a, a jet where you've got a whole bunch of space and leg room as or as much as possible for anything. But I, yeah, like <laughs> Sharon says this here. Personally, I didn't have any expectations that the Nuggets would win based on that five and a half hours sitting on the tarmac to fly out. They hung in there more than I thought. Like, frankly, yeah, now, Denver deserves some credit for being able to stick around and they the offense really carried them. And I thought that they did a nice job. And uh, Murray was like, so here's the, the funny thing about Murray's game was I thought that he played a great first, we'll call it two and a half quarters where he's setting the table for everybody under the sun and did a great job of just like. Playing within the flow of the game and creating open shots with the the situation that uh, the Sixers were going to, and then the Sixers made adjustments. And I don't think Murray played great after that. But through the first two and a half quarters, it was it was nice. It was it was a it was a good offensive performance from the Nuggets, including from Murray. Uh, but it was just tough. Now I should go to Jokic though. Uh, Jokic in thirty eight minutes, twenty five points, nineteen rebounds, including eleven offensive rebounds. Three assists, one steal, one block. And, like, look, it's hard for me to complain about him. Like, there were only three guys that had a positive plus minus in this one Jokic, Reggie Jackson, and Christian Brown. And to me, that was entirely based off of the late third quarter stretch where those guys were playing great defense together with Aaron Gordon manned up on uh, Embiid and then KCP also out there doing everything he could from a defensive perspective. It was a a great defensive effort at that threshold, and that should have been the difference in the game. It should have been. Um, It didn't ultimately end up that way, but I loved what Jokic did in a lot of those minutes. He was rotating. He was cutting off passing lanes. He was doing a nice job contesting when he was there, and then he grabbed some defensive rebounds. But more than anything in this game, I thought that he and Aaron Gordon, uh, they combined for 14 offensive rebounds. Jokic had 11 himself and was just putting so much pressure on the rim that like Embiid, I thought, was going to foul out. I thought that based off of what was happening here, I thought he was going to foul out. Uh, Nicholas Batum was overwhelmed in many of those circumstances when they were switching those matchups and having Embiid on Gordon so that he could roam a little bit more, kind of like with Jokic. Uh, But Jokic, I thought, played a good enough game to win. I think that. The matchup is a little bit different. There were a couple threes at the end of the game that Jokic took and missed. If he makes those, then maybe maybe it's a little bit of a difference. But those are open threes. Those are ones that you want Jokic taking. Just missed him this time. And could that be because he's sitting on the tarmac? I don't know. But, like, it was an unfortunate one that uh, it ultimately had to come down to that. Um. Yeah, no, I think that this was a, like, I said post-game that I thought that Maxi outplayed Murray, and Bede outplayed Jokic, and Tobias Harris outplayed Michael Porter. I didn't think that that was that controversial. Like, I thought that, like, so Tobias Harris had 24 points on 10 shots. He was 8 of 10 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3, and 6 of 6 from the line, and had 4 assists to steal and 2 blocks. Porter was good. Like, he had 20 points on 6 of 12 himself, and then, like... Six of those points came in the last like minute of the game or so with, with the the game really was decided before then, but credit to Porter for still shooting and still keeping Denver in it. But I don't know. Like I thought that Embiid outplayed Jokic, if only marginally, like I'm not saying by a lot, I'm saying by the, the thinnest of margins. Maxi outplayed Murray by not so thin a margin. Uh, and then Harris outplayed Porter by, we'll call it a, in some somewhere in between those two. Um, And look, sometimes that's going to happen. I'm not going to sit here and bemoan it. I don't think that anybody should, especially with the circumstances that they were. Uh, But yeah, it's just a a tough place for Denver to be. And they will bounce back. Like, it's just how it is. It's how it's going to happen. But I think that this game is the first portion of the MVP race kind of going back into Embiid's favor. Uh, Embiid probably... Will play enough games this year in order to qualify? I don't know if he will. Like, if he rolls an ankle uh, and then has to sit out another three or four games, then he may not be able to. So we'll we'll just have to cross the bridge when we come to it, I guess. But he's already missed ten. The fact that he came back and played as well as he did in these last two is really impressive. I thought that Jokic quitted himself pretty well. There were a couple of opportunities that he had to make some extra shots that could have like kept Denver in this one, but. I mean, I'm just, nobody's going to bemoan that. I thought he played just fine. And uh, yeah, it just was a – it was two teams that were really, really great going back and forth with each other. And it just ultimately didn't go Denver's way. So, look, it is what it is. These margins are very thin. And I think Denver like, was the first game of a road trip. So, they've got to move on. All right, let's take one more break. When we come back, we're going to talk about ramifications for the rest of the road trip and talk about the Boston Celtics game on Friday just a little bit. But first, uh, let's go to Scott DeHuff. All right, final segment, pickaxe and roll. Let's now go over the rest of the road trip for Denver. So they're 0-1 on the road trip. This was the the defining road trip for the season. Uh before he left Jabal Murray, I, we asked, hey, what's the how do you how would you evaluate the first 41 games of the season? He said thought that they did pretty well, but this uh this next road trip would be a big test. And so far they like like threw one game not passing so far for for denver although this is i i would say that this is probably par for the course because like the sixers are a really 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 good team like they especially in the regular season they're going to be a team that is going to give a team like the nuggets fits where they've got some matchups for denver that are really tough and Philly's like they're a good basketball team especially when Embiid plays so that's a there's always going to be a tough one for the for the nuggets to win and then they had the circumstances pile up on top of that that it's just a, that's just a tough one. So the Nuggets have four more games. They've got four more games that they've got to figure out. At Boston on Friday, at Washington on Sunday, at Indiana on Tuesday of next week, and at New York on Thursday of next week. So no back-to-backs. And they've actually got a couple days off here between Philly and Boston. And that might be the best thing for them, because it gives Denver a little bit of time to sit on it and be like, eh feel really bad about those circumstances feel really bad about the way that that one went and it just wouldn't surprise me if the nuggets come out especially like against a team like Boston that has not lost at home so far this year I believe uh yes Boston is 19 and0 at home Boston's going to give Denver hell of an effort <laughs> as long as their guys are healthy and Denver's guys are healthy that is another potential finals preview and like we saw how Philly treated this last one they were very very into it And they played a playoff rotation as a result. The Nuggets didn't play a playoff rotation. They played a, hey, this is a tough regular season game kind of rotation. Um, And it wouldn't surprise me if Denver just says, screw it. We're going to play a playoff rotation against the Celtics. We're going to play Jokic 40 minutes. We're going to play Murray 40 minutes. We're going to stagger Porter or Gordon with the second unit in addition to Murray. And we're going to try to get that one. Um, I think that Denver... In order to feel great about this game, or about this road trip, I feel like they have to split between Philly and Boston. Like, you can't just lose both of those. Like, unless you win the next three in pretty convincing fashion, I think you have to... Um, sorry if you can hear this cat behind me, by the way. he's uh, He is just going crazy. Um, if you are the Nuggets... You want to get at least one of these games, and <laughs> Derek White will probably go for 40, just like 55555 ish says. Um, or maybe it's Jason Tatum, and Tatum will will go at Aaron Gordon or KCP or whoever, and it is going to be fascinating to see what the Nuggets provide in a, another potential finals matchup. Are they going to take that one super seriously? Are they going to play those guys' heavy minutes, like I said? are they going to cut down the rotation to eight and a half or whatever and, and say, Hey, we're going to really try to lock in here. Uh, I wonder whether Julian Strather gets healthy on this road trip and if he can uh, sort of provide a little bit of a spark, but it would be nice for Denver to get some good production from the bench. I mean, they, and they got some decent production from the bench of this last one. Like I don't want to, don't want to dismiss that in any way, shape or form. Like, Christian Brown got he put up 11 points, and Reggie Jackson put up 10. And, like, if you're just putting together the math, 30 points from the bench unit is pretty good. Like, Philly got 17. But the problem is their starters were dynamic in the amount of points that they scored. And that's just uh, just a tough place for Denver to be. So, look, I think that Denver is going to be just fine. If you remember to last year's matchup against Philly... This is one of those. Uh, this is going to be one of those matchups that sticks with Nuggets fans, and maybe it sticks with the Nuggets a little bit, where they're like, "Hey, we need to be better. We need to be better in these circumstances, in this situation, and provide a little bit more resistance and fight at different times." But I remember last year's Philly matchup where Denver was rolling in January, right before that, and then they lost. And they just didn't bother Denver. Like they they went on their way. They went through a little bit of a lull with the health perspective. But they just rolled along, finish out the prior to all-star break stretch pretty strongly. And then they came out at post All-Star Break and wrapped up the one seed. Now they're not going to be able to wrap up the one seed in March like they did last year, but I do think that they're going to be just fine. Their numbers are still better than they were last year just in terms of the actual net rating that they have and how they're playing and how the starters are playing together, things like that. I just did a an article on this that I posted yesterday that if you want to check out, like Denver's still got some circumstances that I think should be pretty positive. Um didn't we get blown up in Boston last season? Yes, uh Denver has not won in Boston in a while. And it would be a pretty big deal if they did win in Boston. If I go back to the previous season, it was a November matchup, so kind of before Denver really uh, figured it out. But yeah, they lost one thirty-one to one twelve, and the Boston Celtics were uh, they, they they were winning in the first three quarters, but then separated in the fourth quarter. Uh, another one of those matchups where Denver just wasn't really ready to go, uh, but. It didn't, uh, it didn't define who the Nuggets could be. They still were able to get through the Western Conference playoffs. Had they played Boston in the playoffs? Had they played Boston in, in the NBA Finals? Maybe that's a little bit different than playing Miami. But Denver just, they'll, they'll turn it up. Like, I'm not going to let these regular season matchups define who the Nuggets are. But it is interesting. They're like, as good as the Nuggets are, as talented as they are when they play really well. Together, there are still teams that are going to challenge them. There are like Denver's not this juggernaut that nobody in the league can 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 compete with. The Sixers, if they mend in the finals with Denver, the Sixers would compete with Denver, and they might even win. The Celtics might even win. The Bucks might even win. I'm not going to sit here and say that Denver would win on all of those. Like I think that the Nuggets are. Gamers, I think that Murray will be better in those situations and in the in a playoff environment than they would be with uh like with a regular season. I think that Jokic will be better in the playoffs than he will be in the regular season. That's because those guys are so super competitive and rise to those moments. Um but yeah, just It's going to be fascinating. Going to be interesting to see. Um I'm hopeful that Denver kind of puts this behind them and that they move on, and they move on pretty quickly because it would be nice for Denver and for Nuggets fans to kind of get a a positive battle against the Boston Celtics and one where you can win on the road. Because right now, Denver, I think they're 11 and 10 on the road, I want to say. And they're now 28 and 14. The Clippers are 26 and 14, by the way. The Clippers are really, really good. And they are creeping up. They are now kind of jumping into that mix in the top four. And the Nuggets are at risk of dropping all the way to the four seed by the end of this road trip. So they got to bounce back. they got to play better. And I think they will. I think they will for sure. But it would be nice to see Denver, if if there was any team that could go into Boston and kind of ruin the Celtics' home win streak, which is at 19 in a row in this regular season right now, it would be Denver. And I believe in the Nuggets, I believe in Murray, I believe in Jokic, I believe in Porter, I believe in Gordon, I believe in KCP, and we'll just see what happens with the bench. But I believe that Denver can do this, and that Nuggets fans, if you have any faith in the team, it's got to come from that. It's got to come from the understanding that it's never going to be perfect, and the most important thing that Nuggets fans can give to their their players right now is that constant support, understanding the look. Regular season's really long, and you know what they're going to do in the playoffs. But it would be nice for Denver to uh, to show their fans some some credit here and to give their fans something to cheer about in one of these Sixers versus Celtics, ma- and Sixers and Celtics matchups. That would be, be pretty cool. So, tough way to go, but I think they will bounce back. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. Really appreciate all the love and all the support on the show. If you can, please rate, review, and subscribe down below, and uh, make sure to hit that like button if you are watching along on YouTube. Thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast. Uh, I will probably do a show with Swiper sometime, probably on Thursday uh, tomorrow, and we will definitely have to reconvene after this. should be uh, Should be interesting. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys very soon.